Here's another GMO 2.0, um, RNA interference. I remember speaking to my friend, Dr. Don Huber, who was a professor emeritus of Purdue University. Years ago, we were sitting in a car and he said, you know, Jeffrey, the future GMOs are gonna be even worse. Now he knew a lot about the GMOs. He had worked as a consultant for Monsanto on Roundup, blew the whistle on it. And he was talking about RNA interference. And that's where you can reprogram gene expression. So the Arctic apple, we call it the Botox apple because it lies about its age. You can slice the apple, it won't turn brown. It'll just shrink over time. Because they put in RNA, little piece of double-stranded RNA that finds its DNA counterpart and silences its expression so it doesn't create a protein. So the protein that turns the apple brown is shut off. But we know from research on mammals, insects, others, that that double-stranded RNA that silences that stretch of DNA can also theoretically silence ours. So if you bite that apple and that double-stranded RNA starts circulating in our system, it might find a match. Now, the size of that double-stranded RNA is 22 nucleotides. We have 2 billion base pairs. We have four codes. It's not hard to do the math. What are the chances that there's a lineup? 100%, many, many, because it not only lines up with exact, but also similar. So if it's circulating in our DNA and it's still functioning, it may find a match. And if it does, it might silence our genes. This was of grave concern to scientists who are aware of this capacity. There was a study done on honeybees. They fed them some double-stranded RNA in one meal, and they fed them, um, this, the RNA was from a protein that causes glowing in the dark. And it had no relationship whatsoever with honeybees, so they figured, great, this will be one of the controls. Let's just verify what we already know, that it'll have no influence on the honeybees genetic expression. It'll just pass, it'll have no, in, so then that will be our, our negative control in future studies, because it'll have no impact. They fed it to the larva stage, and then they tested the gene expression of the honeybees twice over time. 10% of the genes of the honeybee, over 1,400, changed their levels of expression when they ate a single meal of double-stranded RNA. We're eating these pre-sliced apples available on Amazon. Are they changing our gene expression? Now, for those technically minded, it wasn't hooking up with 1,400 genes. It was hooking up with a smaller number. We'll call that primary change. 
Those changes then created additional changes in the DNA. We'll call those secondary changes. They didn't sort out which were primary, which were secondary. They were just blown away because this double-stranded RNA, which was not supposed to have any impact, had such massive change. The EPA is approving sprays, pesticidal sprays. You spray on the crops, it gets on the insects, <clears throat> and it stops vital genes from expressing and kills the crops. Everyone knows that if you get spray on your skin, it can be absorbed. There's what I consider to be a fun yet horrific example of how Monsanto tried to hide the absorbability of Roundup. It came out in the recent, the recent trial. I'd like to share that just because I have so much delight explaining what Monsanto science looks like. They're required to test the absorbability, and we'll get back to the RNA sprays in a minute. They put Roundup on human cadaver skin and 10% absorbed, which is over three times the amount of legal limit. So they never told the EPA, which they were required to do. They violated that law. And instead, they took some human skin from a cadaver and they baked it in an oven. Then they froze it, took that leather-like human skin and put Roundup on it. And little or no Roundup was absorbed. And that was what they reported to the EPA. Entirely rigged research that had nothing to do with reality. That came out at the Roundup trials where people had non-Hodgkin lymphoma after using Roundup. And Lee Johnson, who I've interviewed, who, was, who won the first case, he was drenched with Roundup when a problem happened with the hose and he was spraying in a, in a school district, got drenched with Roundup and ended up with welts and rashes and non-Hodgkin lymphoma. So now we have an RNAi spray that could theoretically get into plants, insects, birds, mice, and people who are spraying and might change their DNA expression. I remember interviewing a former USDA scientist who actually basically got pushed out of the USDA because he published a paper saying we don't have the ability to properly assess the safety of RNA interference because it could influence all these different non-target species. He was talking about the non-target species of insects or animals. And I said, but aren't we an on-target species? He said, oh yeah. So that's another GMO 2.0 that we need to address. The Department of Defense has another one called HEGAS, and that's creating um, bees that deposit genetically engineered viruses into crops so that the genetic engineering is in the field. I hope I'm not disturbing. <laughs> so these are some examples of what we're faced with, but I actually feel like 
our way into this through the pandemic lens, through the microbiome, we're going to be educating the population and the lawmakers to actually take back control of the gene pool. It was fun. It's always fun to expose Monsanto because when people realize the blatant way that they manipulate science and lie to regulators, it does the heavy lifting for us because they're the ones trying to say, oh, no, 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 everything is safe and easy and protected. Gene editing's fine. Look the other way, squirrel. So they're doing that. And we're saying, do you know, this is the same company that when they hired a consultant in Anniston, Alabama, outside their PCB factory, the, the consultant put fish in the local brook and within 10 seconds, they, they shed their skin, floated to the top and spurted blood. And the response by Monsanto was nothing. In fact, they wrote in a memo, we can't afford to lose $1 of business, even though they were poisoning the people in the town. This is the same company that's in charge of the Gene pool, if we allow their genetics to go forward, they were bought by Bayer. So we are framing the truth in a way that people can understand to drive change. We have driven behavior change among consumers. Now we are also driving new laws. So let me, let me finish up by giving this understanding. I think as I've traveled around the world, I've seen an epidemic of passing on responsibility to others. I remember talking to a member of a government or a regulatory agency in a particular country, and he said, we don't have to test GMOs because the FDA does it. No, he said, your FDA does it. And I pointed out that the FDA does not test GMOs. In fact, they don't require any testing whatsoever. They say that people like Monsanto, company, people, companies like Monsanto can determine on their own if the GMOs are safe. And here's how Monsanto tests. So the person was shocked. But this concept of othering, giving others the responsibility, is built into our educational systems. It's built into the way the media and the government have been operating, this sense that it's not my responsibility. It creates a sense of personal depletion, lack of sovereignty, lack of responsibility. And that allows these things to unfold. So we are reversing that. We have reversed it a lot in genetically engineered foods by making our own choice and say, I will consider and choose what I consider to be a food and what I consider to be an FSO, a food-shaped object. And I'm not going to be listening to Monsanto or their enforcement wing in Washington. I will make the choice. Here we're stepping up to say, we Humanity will protect all living beings and all future generations. You see, we can look at this as a burden. We can feel angry. We can feel sad. We can feel fear. Let's turn that food into 
sovereignty into, instead of being a victim, be a victor and say, we are part of a humanity now that has the technology to do unprecedented harm. So what we need to do is create an unprecedented new vision for humanity that we are stewards of all living beings and all future generations. We need to safeguard biological evolution as we know it, now that we have a technology to destroy it. We need to step up and give people that vision, that hope, and that truth. And this then becomes an opportunity because when we step up and look beyond our narrow boundaries and step up to say, I will be responsible with humanity to take care of this, we are antidoting that one epidemic of othering that can change everything. So this is an opportunity where we can take one issue which is urgent and it is an existential threat like no other, and we can use it to expand the role and vision of humanity, and we can all be leaders in that. So I invite everyone to step up to do something that none of our ancestors could do. They couldn't protect all living beings in all future generations. They didn't have technology that could harm all living beings in future generations. So now we have an opportunity to do more good than anyone in human history. So let's take that as an honor. Let's take that as an opportunity. Please visit Protect Nature now. Please watch the film. Please share the film. Share the trailer. The trailer has over 500,000 views. Make it another 150 or 1,000 views through your social media. Go on to our activist platform. Make a donation. Step up. Even if you can afford $5 a month, be part of the team. Don't say, oh, I don't have enough money, so I can't be responsible. I can't contribute. You notice what happens? Oh, I don't have enough. Change that thinking. I have what I have. I'm participating. I have this much time. I have this much friends. I have this position on Facebook. I have these kind of influence. And I'm going to participate and help all living beings and all future generations because that's what I choose to do. So. Thank you all for sharing today with me. And thank you, Ben, for uh, running this amazing conference. Thank you to Stephen Shore. And I really appreciate the questions that we've had. And I now see people hello from Greece, from Canada, from Germany, from all over the world. This is a global issue. Let's feel that connectivity of everyone on Earth stepping up and make it happen. Thank you for listening to Live Healthy, Be Well. Please subscribe to the podcast using whatever app you listen to podcasts with. Or go to livehealthybewell.com to subscribe. This podcast will inform you about health dangers, corporate and government corruption, and ways we can protect ourselves, our families, and our planet. I interview scientists, experts, authors, whistleblowers, and many people who have not shared their information with the world until now. Please share the podcast with your friends. It will enlighten and may even save lives. Safe eating.